15. 15. Good evening. Happy Lord's Day. My name is Peter. I'm one of the four pastors here. Bring you God's word from Genesis chapter 2. So open with me to Genesis chapter 2, 22, not 2. Genesis chapter 22, verses 17 and 18. That should be on pages 16 or 17 if you are using the black hardcover pew Bible. Not pew, but. Hear then God's word. I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your offspring will possess the city gates of their enemies and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. This is the word of the Lord. Let me open us up with a word of prayer. Father, we pray that you will bless the preaching of your word. We know that faith comes from hearing, hearing the words of Christ. So we pray that you would give us a fresh new set of eyes and perspective on your work and that you would help us to repent, turn to Christ and trust in Christ. Pray that you would help us to anchor ourselves with the promises that's been given in the scriptures. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Do, you ever feel like you, do you ever feel like you stick out as a sore thumb? Sticking out as a sore thumb in the midst of your family members, friends, coworkers, neighbors, and even amongst your church members. You might feel so alone because you look and act and think different. I work at Bank of America as a banker, and at work, I sometimes have felt like a sore thumb, standing out because of my faith in Christ. In a couple of different instances, my coworkers will be talking about LGBTQ beliefs, abortion, race, faith, and I disagree with majority of their stance, and I stand out like a sore thumb to them. At times, I, I, I have to disobey a command from my boss when he tells me to do something because it goes against my conscience. And I, I have to let him know, I can't do that because that goes against my conscience. And I have to let him know, I have to obey God so I can't do what you're asking me to do right now. And in that instance, I feel like I stand out as a sore thumb. I'm sure some of you may have felt the same thing at your work, amongst your closest friends, and even your family members. When you're getting a raised eyebrow with suspicion, mockery, and disdain because of your faith in Christ. At such times when we feel like as though we are at odds against a larger group and you're standing by yourself, what will help you to remain in the course? What will help us remain in the course when trials, temptations, failures, and storms come at us, at us with such ferocity. We need a strong anchor. A strong anchor that will anchor us down for us to not to tip over. The main goal of today's passage is 
anchor yourself with Abrahamic blessings. Main goal is to anchor yourself with Abrahamic blessings. In the passage today, God is speaking to Abraham, and he's reassuring the promises that he's given in Genesis chapter 12, 15, 17, and now in chapter 22. What is his promise? It's the start of the verse. So look down with me to verse 17. How does he start? This is God speaking to Abraham and giving him a promise. What does he say in the first sentence in verse 17? I will indeed bless you. Yes. So God is talking to Abraham and saying, I will indeed bless you. The question is, how will he bless Abraham? Three ways. His offspring growing, his offspring possessing, and all nations being blessed by the offspring. Now, an important question as we read the Old Testament and even the New Testament is, what applies to us? What applies to me? What God has promised to Abraham in chapter 22 of Genesis, does that apply to us Christians living in 2022? How many of you think yes? Some of you. How many of you think no? Some of you. Okay. For those of you who answered yes, what are the passages that you are thinking about? Whether this applies to you or not. The promise that God is making to Abraham, does that apply to us as Christians living in the 21st century? Yes, um, I turn to Romans chapter 4. So if you, have, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, a couple of verses, verses 11 and 12, and then verse 16. I'll read for us. The question is, does this blessing that God gives to Abraham apply to us, Christians living in the 21st century. Romans chapter 4, verses 11 through 12 and 16, verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith, while still uncircumcised. This was to make him the father of all who believe but are not circumcised, so that righteousness may be credited to them also. Verse 12, and he became the father of the circumcised, who are not only circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith our father Abraham had while he was still uncircumcised. Verse 16, this is why the promise is by faith, so that it may be according to grace to guarantee it to all the descendants, not only to the one who is of the law, but also to the one who is of Abraham's faith. He is the father of us all. So according to Romans chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 and verse 16, we, you and I, saints of BBC, who professed Christ, we are Abraham's offspring. Not according to his blood lineage, but according to his faith. Like the faith that Abraham had. So the promise here in Genesis chapter 22 does apply to us. Again, the main goal, anchor yourself in Abrahamic blessings. Three blessings. That's the subpoints. Three blessings. What are the blessings? Blessing number one, if you're taking notes, numeric growth. 
That's blessing number one. Blessing number two, public praise. Blessing number three, all nations. So God is blessing, has promised to bless Abraham and his offspring. What are the three blessings? First, numeric growth. Second, public praise. Third, all nations. So first, numeric growth. God promised that sons and daughters of Abraham would increase. So the first promise is numeric growth. Think about when you became a Christian. When you first professed faith in Christ, when God unveiled the scale off of your eyes to see the reality of this world and the reality of your own sins, how you actually need a savior and you can't be actually good enough. When you and I became Christians, God was fulfilling this promise to make Abraham's offspring increase and grow as numerous as the stars in the sky. Saints, do you sometimes feel discouraged amongst your coworkers, your friend group, at family gatherings because you feel alone because of your faith? You search and you search, but there seems to be no Christians. You feel like you need to bear the weight of being light and salt alone. Saints, take heart. There are and will be Abrahamic offspring, as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Saints, if you look outside our church, there are thousands and thousands of gospel-preaching churches. Miguel pastors one of them. And as we look outside our walls and look at other gospel-preaching churches, we must know that God is fulfilling the promise of enlarging his nation. Abrahamic offspring are growing and they will continue to grow. And maybe, there may be some within your neighbors, within your friend groups, within your family members, that God has chosen whose eyes have not been opened yet. Saints, be confident in God's promise that calls sinners to repent and turn to trust in Christ. Now, second promise and blessing, or second blessing is public praise. Look down with me to Genesis chapter 22, verse 17, the latter part of verse 17. It says, your offspring will possess the city gates of their enemies. God promises here that the descendants of Abraham will possess the city gates of their enemies. Now, you might be thinking, what's the significance of this phrase, city gates? City gates are like dinner tables at your home, conference rooms where your team meetings are held at your work. City gates are public places where people are given perhaps judicial sentences, like a public opinion of praise or public opinion of curse. So to possess the city gates of our enemies is not only alluding to the fact that we'll be defeating our enemies, but also to be publicly praised in the face of our enemies. Saints, you and I all know that there is a big cost to following Christ. Christ our Lord has commanded us to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and to follow him. Our master told us that a disciple is not above his master. 
If our master was persecuted and even executed on the cross, what are we to expect of our lives? But saints, our reward is greater than the cost. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. One day, saints, you and I will be publicly praised and honored. As we keep our faith, he will one day say, well done, my good and faithful servant. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, it says that God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. So in the face of our enemies, he, prepare, he is preparing a table before us to celebrate. Saints, are you feeling the pinch of following Christ publicly? If the answer to that question is a resounding no, then you do need to check your faith because those who intend to live godly lives will be persecuted. The cost of following Christ is great. So if you're not really feeling the pinch of following Christ publicly, then you might not be living your Christian life publicly. But if you are, and praise God that you're feeling that pinch perhaps, take heart. Because we are enduring the cross for the sake of joy that is set before us. Friends, if you're not, if you're, if, if you're joining us today, you don't proclaim yourself to be a Christian, you're not a Christian joining us today, we want to thank you for coming. You're always going to be welcome here. But I do need to tell you the truth. The truth is, in the last day when Christ returns and the book of life is opened, you will be thrown into the lake of fire for eternity. That's the bad news. And the reason is because we are all sinners. You and I can never be good enough. I've talked with a friend of mine before, and he told me, I have no beef with God. Well, friends, if you don't profess Christ, God has a beef with you. And you can't be good enough. You can't do good enough to have peace with God. But the good news is Christ came 2,000 years ago. He was born of a virgin. He was led to be slaughtered like a lamb. And he didn't say a single word. He didn't open his mouth. So friends, if you come here and you don't profess yourself to be a Christian, God is calling you to repent and to trust in Christ because he died for the sins of those who would repent and turn to trust in Christ. You can have peace with God today if you repent and turn to trust in Christ. That's the good news. And when you do, you will be publicly praised in the last day by God, the great judge. So turn to trust, repent from your sins, and trust in Christ. Now, third blessing, which is the last blessing that I want to talk about, talk about is verse 18. 
Verse 18, look down with me. It says, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring. Now, would you take this small moment to think about how you came to faith? How many of you, if I can get a raise of hand, how many of you came to faith because of a particular individual discipling you towards Christ? Okay, some of you or a lot of you, you and I have been blessed because of Christ and because of other people, other Christians following Christ faithfully. In the same way, you, Bethany Baptist Church, you will be a blessing to all the nations of the earth as we follow Christ faithfully. Now, you might think, oh, I've been sharing my faith with my coworker for so many years, my friends, my family member for so many years, nothing. Well, you just never know. We just never know when God would regenerate their hearts and utilize you to have him or her come to repentance and have saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So keep going because God's promise is for the church. I mean, Christ is the blessing to all the nations, but now the church is blessing to all the nations. Now, I left one part out about these blessings. Look down with me to verse 18 again. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring. Now, let me stop there. What's the reason? What is the ground for God blessing the offspring? Because you obeyed my commandment, or because you obeyed my command. Now the question is, because who obeyed? Who obeyed God's command here? Who is it? Abraham. Was it the offspring? No, it was Abraham. The promise, the context of this promise, as our brother John preached in the morning today, is that the promise of blessing in verse 17 and 18 is after Abraham obeyed God to kill his only begotten son, Isaac. In other words, the reason why God is blessing us is not because of our obedience, but because of someone else's obedience. Saints, isn't it so free that you and I are ultimately blessed not because of our, our own obedience? That we're ultimately blessed because of someone else's obedience. Isn't that so free? Saints, Christ obeyed God perfectly, and that's why we are blessed. Isaiah chapter 53, verse, seven, or verse 6 and 7 reads this. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way. And the Lord has punished not them, the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb, lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shears, he did not open his mouth. Saints of BBC, he who truly deserved God's blessing, who deserved public praise from the Lord, 
He was stricken. He was afflicted. He was oppressed because of our rebellion. Saints, because of our faith in Christ, we are offspring of Abraham. And we can anchor ourselves with Abrahamic promises centered in Christ to carry on, to keep going even when we face fierce oppositions. So keep going, keep walking, and know that we are blessed, not ultimately because of our own obedience, but because of the one who obeyed for us. So anchor yourselves with Abrahamic promises. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word does not return empty. We praise you because you've given us faith and you've given us repentance. Now we have repented and turned to trust in Christ. And we praise you because you've given us Christ above all. Now may the words of Christ dwell richly among us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.